Welcome to the podcast arm of the redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing his purpose, pronouncing his power, and proclaiming his praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Of the relationship between the two studies, I'm going to merge them together within the time frame that is available to us by God's grace. So, the study that we did not conclude about three weeks ago or four weeks ago now was titled Encounters in His Presence. And this evening, our study for today should be Transformation by Divine Insight. So, to avoid confusion, I have merged the two studies together and I titled the two of them Encounters That Bears Divine Insight and Transformation. I will repeat that. Encounters That Bears Divine Insight and Transformation. Very quickly, I want everybody to take his Bible. Don't let us always depend on the one that is displayed on the screen. I want us to take our Bibles and open with me at the book of Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42, and I'll be reading from verse 1 to 5. But for emphasis of our study this evening, the concentration should be on verses 5 and 6. But to give us a better insight of what we are studying there, I will read from verse 1 to verse 6 of Job chapter 42. And I'll be reading from the message translation of the Bible. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained. You said to me, who is this that darkens and obscures counsel by words without knowledge? Therefore, I now see I have rashly uttered that which I do not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Here, please, I will speak. I will ask you. And you instruct and answer me. Verse 5. I had heard of you only by the hearing of the ear. But now my spiritual eyes sees you. I repeat verse 5. I had heard of you only by the hearing of the ear. But now my spiritual eye sees you. Therefore... I retract my words and hate myself, and I repent in dust and in ashes. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I said, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. The passage that I just read now expresses what Job said after all his tribulations and trials. And after what he thought about himself, when he had an encounter with God Almighty, and there was a new discovery that he made about the personality of God 
And that was the reason why Job was saying here, despite the fact that I have known you for many years, now I can see that what I knew about you earlier was what they said about you, was what I read about you. But by this encounter, I have got to know you better. And my new knowledge about you has rubbished what I thought I knew earlier about you. And that is the reason why right now I am taking away all the complaints that I had made. I am taking away all the self-justification that I had done in the times of my tribulations. Because now I see you better and I see that you are a just and righteous God. Let me shed a little light on what Job was saying here. And we belong to that category as well. Sometimes when we look at what is happening around us as Christians, we tend to judge what we are passing through and our situations as the case may be by the virtue of our self-righteousness. We tend to value, we tend to gauge what is happening in our lives at a point in time by the extent of our understanding of our relationship with God or what people perceive about our relationship with God. I will go a little deeper about that. Sometimes we try to ask God, we try to question God about our situations, about the results that we are obtaining at a point in time in our lives. And when we are speaking back to God, we are telling him, God, this is what people around say about me. People say that I am a child of God. People say that I worship you. People say that I seek you. In fact, sometimes when we go to the place of prayer, part of the alibi that we submit before God is we are telling God, people know me that I have a relationship with you. People know me that I bear Christian name. People know that I go to church every Sunday. And we tend to have formed some opinion about what people say concerning our relationship with God or what we perceive on our own as our relationship with God. But our study this evening is going to take us to another dimension of the definition of who is God to us. And that is what is going to inform the kind of insight that we draw about that God and how we can transpose that into our relationship with him and into our situation at any point in time. For a foundation, let me quickly state here that human knowledge is limited. And I want to believe that most of us that are seated here this evening and our other members that are watching online, anybody that is a Christian, well, that is what I want to, that is what I want to believe. Anyone that is a Christian would agree with me that the knowledge of human beings, our knowledge is limited. No matter how much we think we know, as we grow every day, if we can release ourselves to knowledge, we discover from time to time that our knowledge is limited. Let me quickly state something. Some years ago, I'm talking of maybe sometimes around 2012, 2013, I was involved in a research work, and in that research work, 
it was established that a new knowledge becomes stale after 18 months. That shocked me. And it will surprise you to know a further study on that project work. There was a further study in the last maybe one year or two years. I can't really, you know, say. Which has discovered that the lifespan of a new knowledge, which was 18 months, as at 10 years ago, because of the level of knowledge around the world right now, that lifespan has shortened. From 18 months, it has become three months. And what that tells you is that our everyday knowledge about situations around and even about God, the more you get closer to God, the more you discover every day that there is more for you to know. If it is happening like that in the science world, you can now imagine what people that have been in the Lord for several years, what they tell us sometimes. A man of God told me something before I came to Canada. He went to pray at the redemption camp. And for the first time in his life, he had the privilege of meeting with our father in the Lord, Pastor Adeboe. He said where he was praying, the distance from where he was praying and where Baba was praying was so close that he could hear what the man of God was saying. And he said the two of them were there for several hours. I don't know for how many hours, but that is what he said. He said the only thing he could hear the man of God saying was, Lord, I am praying for mercy. And that was what he was saying for several hours. He said he now asked himself, if this man of God that is well revered, the only thing he was asking for in the presence of God was God's mercy. He said he was asking himself, what is he asking for God's mercy for? When he thought in himself that there were probably some things that the man of God supposed to be asking, you know, maybe praying for people, mentioning this, mentioning that. And from what he told me, that changed his insight about the kind of prayer that he offers before God. I am saying this because sometimes at the level where we are, at the level of our knowledge, sometimes we think that we have known some things. But by the time we get closer to God, we discover that we do not know anything. I pray that Lord will help us in Jesus' name. There are ministries that govern success, that govern successful and productive work with God. And until we gain insight into those mysteries, we remain only religious and we tend towards unbelief, we tend towards ordinariness, and we tend towards frustration. The only key to this insight is what God says about this. What I mean is this. A lot of times, if we don't have insight into the mind of God about some situations, in fact, about general situations of life, if we don't know what the mindset of God about those matters are, if we continue to stay at the level of our own knowledge, the only thing that we get to, you know, achieve with time is frustration. The transformation that distinguishes an individual from the crowd comes as a result of personal encounter and calling. 
while the experience becomes a driving force for a deeper revelation, the more we know about God, the more we discover that we don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. The more God shows us, the deeper we go in our work with God, the more we discover that there is so much knowledge gap and there is a lot for us to learn. The transformation that distinguishes an individual from the crowd comes as a result of personal encounter and calling while the experience becomes a driving force for a deeper revelation. I want to quickly state the examples of some people who had the privilege of having an encounter with God. And because of that encounter, and I'm mentioning names from the Bible now, because of that encounter that they had, that spelled a definition of a new life for them. And that was where the work that they had with God, that was where it started. And they went ahead to drive it deeper and deeper. And that was what made us to know what we knew about them. Abraham. In the case of Abraham, his work with God started from where God called him from his kindred. God said that he had called him from his father's house. And right from there until the life, you know, the whole of the lifetime of Abraham and what we got to know about Abraham later on, we would see that that instruction that he had by that encounter with God was the defining moment for what he became in life. Moses, his encounter at the burning bush. Samuel, while he was sleeping in the temple, and God called him. Even Jesus Christ at River Jordan. That was where the encounter that Jesus Christ had, where God introduced him to the world. That was where that encounter started. Saul, on his way to Damascus. And many people like that in the Bible. This evening, by God's grace, like I said earlier, I'm going to link this study to what we, start some, what we started some weeks ago so that we look at the heroes that were mentioned in the Bible and God's generals that had passed through this world. What were those encounters that they had? What were those insights that they had with God which transformed their lives? And how can we bring some lessons from all those things? Are the slides ready, please? Please go ahead. God is still calling men today to be separated unto him. Please go to slide three. All right. This evening, we want to extract the lives of a few generals of God. Some of those that we did not mention in our study some weeks ago. And number one, from that, we want to highlight peculiar divine insights that brought about their transformation, we want to see from the scriptures insights that led to those transformations, and we want to learn to identify and maximize the resources at our disposal today. Next slide. Please go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. We have gone through all this. All right. Now, I'm going to show us something from the book of Isaiah. And we are going to dwell a little bit on what happened to the prophet Isaiah 
that links to what we are talking about today. Isaiah chapter 6. Please, let's go there together. Isaiah chapter 6. I'm reading from verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw in a vision the Lord sitting on a throne. I'm reading the message translation of the Bible. High and exalted, with the train of his royal robe filling the most holy part of the temple. Above him, seraphim, heavenly beings, stood. Each one had six wings. With two wings, he covered his face. With two wings, he covered his feet. And with two wings, he flew. And one called out to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold tremble at the voice of him who called out. And the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of ceremonially unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts, the one of the seraphim. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongues. He touched my mouth with it and said, Listen carefully, this has touched your lip. Your wickedness, your sin, your injustice, your wrongdoing is taken away from and your sin atoned for and forgiven. Verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. This is a very popular scripture that we have read over and over again. But I want to quickly bring out some facts from that chapter. The Bible says here, Isaiah in his writing said that in the very year, that King Uzziah died, that that was the year that he saw the Lord. This was the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah. And the big question that I think we should ask, or which we have been asking, is what was happening from chapter 1 to chapter 5? If the great prophet Isaiah, as we know him, was saying in chapter 6 that it was the year that Uzziah died that he saw the Lord, so... What happened to him from chapter 1 to chapter 5? And that is what we want to link to our study this evening. The study of the Bible shows that that King Uzziah that was reigning before the writing or before the experience of Isaiah in chapter 6, he was a good king, loved by everybody. He started to reign at the age of 16. And this man reigned for 52 years. Within those 52 years, he did very well. He achieved a lot. There was a particular prophet in those days, or there was a particular priest, as the case may be, called Amaziah. And what Amaziah achieved in the kingdom of Uzziah was that Amaziah built a very strong relationship. He enhanced a very strong relationship between King Uzziah and the God of Israel. Such that in the lifetime of priest Amaziah, Uzziah and the whole of Israel, they followed God and they served God. But something happened at the death of Amaziah. And what happened was that because of all the success that Uzziah had recorded, one, number two, 
Because there was no other priest that was that strong in the land that would encourage a deep relationship between the king and the people with God of Israel. Those people believed or they relied more on the achievements of the kingdom within that period. And rather than trusting in the God of Israel, they trusted in their achievements. Now, listen to the sad part of the story. As great as Isaiah was, the emergence of his greatness as a prophet had not come up as at the time when King Uzziah was reigning. In fact, Bible story revealed that after the death of Uzziah, Isaiah himself, if not for the mercy of God, he lost that strong touch with God because when Uzziah was around, even the prophets in the land and the priests, at a point in time, they were no longer looking strongly unto God any longer. Rather, everybody was like worshiping the achievements of King Uzziah. The achievement and the fame and the power of King Uzziah drew the attention of the people in the land away from God unto the achievements that were recorded. And that was the beginning of trouble in the land. Until at this very point, by the mercy of God, God gave this revelation that was read in Isaiah chapter 6 to that prophet Isaiah to make him know that at that point in time, they had exalted the throne of King Uzziah above that of the living God. And the next thing that God did out of his mercy for Isaiah was that if you read what I just read into our hearing, look at it again. One of the encounters that he had there was God showed him the exalted seat of the living God. The sight or the insight that Isaiah had from that revelation was the turning point in his life. Brethren, when I was studying for this lesson, the Holy Spirit brought to my mind that even in the generation in which we live right now, in our lives, even including me, there are situations around us that are like accolades that we have made in some years of our lives. And because we were not careful, we are looking at those achievements and we are raising them above the living God in our lives. Isaiah saw himself. He repented of that sin. And that was a turnaround in his life. And that was the reason why God could help Isaiah to bring back the remnant of the children of Israel to understand the power of the living God. It was that change that he experienced that formed a new life which transformed his ministry. In fact, it will surprise you to know, the first time it was recorded expressly that Isaiah said, thus said the Lord, was in the next chapter. Before chapter 6, all that he had seen, in fact, if you look at chapter 2, in the place in chapter 2 where it was written, where Isaiah said, the Lord says, where he was referring to there, was as a function of a vision that he saw. But from chapter 7, he had expressed voice of God, telling him things, giving him instructions, live and direct. And that was the reason why, for the rest of the writings of Isaiah, he had that access to say, thus says the Lord. Because God was directly communicating with him. 
And that was the beginning of the insight that caused a transformation in the life of Isaiah. Brethren, I don't know at what point in our... We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.